0: Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder.
1: It is Faithful Friday, Brandon, so as you know, my mom listens, we shouldn't be cussing anyways, but specifically on Faithful Fridays, we do not use the F, A, and sometimes the W word. Thank you, Brandon.
0: W word. I don't know what that word
1: is. You got to go to Urban Dictionary a little bit more. Faithful Fridays, we turn to our fun friends at the Center of Action and Contemplation. Father Richard Rohr, Franciscan friar, doing a series called Responding to the Call, A Call to Awakening. This is from one of Richard's meditations this week. Quote, What then does it mean to follow Jesus? Big G. History is continually graced with people who somehow learn to act beyond the outside their self-interest, and for the good of the world, people who clearly operated by a power larger than their own. Consider Gandhi, MLK, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa. Their inspiring witness offers strong evidence that the mind of Christ still inhabits the world. I can't say how one becomes such a person. All I can presume is that they were all called. Those who responded to the call and agree to carry and love what God loves, which is both the good and the bad, and to pay the price for its reconciliation with themselves, these are the followers of Jesus Christ. Is Richard saying that Gandhi
0: is down with the JC? <laughs> I love that you just gave it like a seven-minute reading, uh, oral reading diatribe, and then you you follow it up with that. You're gonna get kicked out of your church if you say that Gandhi isn't in hell, Larry. Um I don't go to the evangelical Christian church, Brandon. I've I have read I don't even know. How many of these readings have we read? Thousands? I don't even know. It's I've been reading it for a number yeah, of years now, and forever. so every day. So like this probably was one of the most profound readings for me, and, and for one real reason is that it poked at something that I struggle with personally, in this idea of why would one choose to live their life like Jesus? So you and I both are, have been steeped in Christianity and the Christian culture, and both of us are kind of fringe dwellers now because... Whatever, dude. You know, it's like listening to people talk about how to follow Jesus when they don't actually live it out. And at the core of this, this is the question that I wrestle with. So, following Jesus is not easy. And yet, churches all the time try to make it easy and bite sized pieces. And it's not. Because if you look at these people that we talk about here, Jeez. none of them, none of them had it easy. It was difficult from jump street they had yep. to give up their lives they had to give up money they had to give up personal safety roar says but it is not an enviable position to be a saint this is a christian thing when and so like most of the time we think about oh being christian you know your life is going to be better you're saved by grace if you just be a christian everything's going to work out prosperity gospel everything's going to be good for you well what he's saying here is no it's not you're basically he has a line in here i can't remember where it was in the article but he said basically that when you choose to follow Jesus, you choose to give up a little bit of your life on earth, like in a sense to, like you're not trying to make earthly life heavenly. You are in a sense saying, I'm going to take a crappy life now. With the idea that later on I will be rewarded because of the things that, not because I did it, but that, so I guess that's what I'm struggling with, like trying to explain that because it is this counterbalance conundrum of why do we do what we do? Why would we choose misery as a saint when we could just choose to, in America, we could just choose to, you know, anesthetize ourselves with sports and alcohol and whatever else. Why would we choose a different way in the terms of becoming a Christian saint? Why would we even do that? Okay, Brandon, here's my
1: question. Tell me which one of these doesn't fit. Gandhi, MLK, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, Justin Bieber's pastor. Which one of those? Oh, <laughs> was it in there? Because, because, like, Justin Bieber's, I've been watching this documentary on his, you know, and a lot of pastors. By the way, I'm lumped into this, too. Like, why do we do what we're doing? Do we want fame? We want to fit in. Mm-hmm. We want money. We want power, blah, blah, You're right. Gandhi, MLK, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa. We're not doing it for the fame. They did what they did because it was the right thing to do. And by the way, it was the hard thing
0: to do. Yeah, they took he says I love the the quote that I was looking for. I found it says where you're talking. And to suffer ever so slightly what God suffers eternally. That is saying that God has been suffering for us, suffering in you know, in a sense to make our lives better, God suffers for. Us. So saints choose to suffer a little bit now with the idea that God is suffering eternally. And I thought that was an interesting, like, I don't think most people think of God as suffering. But if we think that Jesus embodied the human spirit, then he suffered, right? He suffered on the cross. He suffered by descending into hell. All those things were suffering. And Roar is pushing into that, saying these people are choosing to go in. They don't have to. They're choosing to go into that suffering. And I, I just, I find that very, very profound. It is almost
1: overwhelming. Like when you just think like, for instance, the life of Mother Teresa. Like, I'm, I guess you could argue, well, she was already a nun, and what was her life going to be? She wasn't going to be going to uh, mixers in Knott's Berry right. Farm. <laughs> but she, like, gave up her life to take care of lepers, and not for like a week, like on a missions trip, but like for her whole life. She just went and took care of lepers in India. That, that's just ridiculous.
0: It's interesting because you know that Mother Teresa felt an absence of God for the last yes. 25 years of her life. And yet she yes. still kept doing it. She still had faith. That's what makes her in a sense a saint it talks about. It does not mean that you're going to heaven and others are not. When you take on this life, rather it means that they have entered into heaven much earlier, thus can see things in a transcendent whole and healing way. Now That's crazy. And that to me is crazy. That's crazy. Absolutely. That is that, that word we've often used that a uh, Dallas Willard in breaking kingdom of God. That if you believe and subscribe to the thought that God created everything, that God sent Jesus in his place, that he came to heal the world, that the kingdom of heaven is right here and now, that these folks are saying they're taking on this role because they want to show the rest of us that there is God's kingdom around us right now and we have to live that out. We have to take care of the leper because that's what God wants us to do. Well, so is that part of the why Mother Teresa didn't feel
1: the presence of God? Because Like how how could you feel the presence of God if all you did was take care of lepers twenty four hours a day seven days a week for fifty years? How would you feel the presence of God?
0: Well, I don't. You know, I read about her at that point, and she. You know, we only know about this post mortem right after she died. There are some letters that they dug up. I don't think that's necessarily the reason why you wouldn't feel the presence of God. I think that God chooses to show and reveal Him, Her, itself to us when God reveals him here itself to us for reasons that are beyond our comprehension. I don't know why that happened to Mother Teresa. But yet, I do know that she remained faithful. And so maybe the answer is very simply that God needed to show her as living proof of faith in the absence of proof. That we could look at Mother Teresa and say, you know what? You just got to get up every day and go serve the lepers. And you're not going to sit there and get answers to all your questions. You're not going to get... Everything you want right now in this life, it's just not how it's going to work. So the evangelical kind of Christian that I grew up in,
1: that you're there prepared to save people's souls so that they become Christians so that their life gets good. Like, that's the whole point. The reason you do it is because then their life, they're going to become rich and they're going to blah, 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 which is funny because this is in stark contrast to how I grew up. What this is saying today, right? And
0: I was going to ask you that. It's interesting when I hear you talk. I mean, I grew up slightly differently than you. Um, I mean, terms you would of put like, your
1: hand in the box to <laughs> see if the snake would bite you. Oh no, no, I, I got but
0: you. But you were you were steeped in this, and your mother is one of our biggest fans, and we love yep. her. yep. Where does she and your family and the people that you grew up with? Where do they stand on this now? In the last few minutes, I mean, can you explain that? Like, how does one come out of that, and what do we do? I, as you well
1: know, could not be further from the evangelical community. Like you're steeped in it, so I feel like you're better (laughs) to answer this question.
0: I think you just—I think that's just your way of defining. I think I have
1: definitely put myself in a community where it is a lot more complicated. Faith, Christianity, Jesus is a lot more complicated than it was when I was growing up. So I—I don't necessarily, and I feel like when you have those discussions with people in the evangelical community, they still are like. It is black and white. Say the prayer; your life is going to get good. And i I feel like to this day, you know, Joel Osteen, our good friend. What if, what if they're right, Larry? I'm serious. What if they're right and we're missing the boat? Well, I do Here's Here's how I would say that, though. If I've kind of broken this down recently, Jesus is Lord. That's it. Full stop. Jesus is Lord. If you believe that, which I feel like MLK, I don't know about Rosa Parks, but probably Mother Teresa, and you follow the path. Of Jesus, you will find heaven, you will find peace, you will find joy. Let's stop talking about the miracles, but the way Jesus lived, and you serve like he did, you will be in heaven. That's why I think he's the savior. Full stop.
0: And I think that being able, you're allowed to see into that inbreaking kingdom of God that people that are not following Jesus in that way are not allowed to. Like that pastor you referenced. Justin Bieber's pastor. I mean, he was a rock. He was friends with rock stars and whatever, yeah. and making a ton of money. Good dresser, yeah. Dress, you know, pimping out his clothes, yeah. and all that. That so dude, good. that dude is so far removed from. Oh, from he's tortured. Follow, he's tortured, and and so you look at that and you say, okay, well, he got. On the surface, I mean, my only criticism with him is that he leads other people to believe that that's the way one should act. That's it. He's just he's just as broken as the next guy. It's the reason why I have such a hard time listening to pastors, because I find that most rarely are they actually saints. They are most of the time just people that are, are just as ambitious to move up the career ladder as anybody else. And that's not really who I want to follow my faith life from. That's why we found Richard Rohr and the Center for Action and Contemplation. That's why we seek out these people that even though they're writers and they're published and they seem to be less interested in that than others. And I feel like I'm on that track with you, but
1: I would say back to today's reading, the construction part of faith, MLK, what he did for justice in this country, Mother Teresa, what she did for the least of the least, Rosa Parks, what she did, what she stood up for. That is what I why I'm proud to say I am a person of faith because of those people. I can't really just the paper that I whatever that is, it's over there. I am thankful that there are the saints in our lives that have given me direction to live like
0: Jesus. Well, that's a good way to end the show. Larry, thank you for teaching me and your mother how to follow Jesus.